thanks for coming on, Mike. Thanks a lot, Wade. It's uh, really great to to be here. Still enjoy your podcast, the Kratom Guy podcast. Uh, go listen to that. And uh, I was on it. I was before COVID, wasn't it? A long time ago. Since then, me and Mike have been on each other's side with advocacy and, and different different things of that nature. Mike also does a weekly Twitter stream. Uh, it's a live audio feed, and uh, it's usually about 4 o'clock Eastern time every Thursday, correct? Yeah, it's the uh, Kratom Roundtable weekly, yes. open, weekly open discussion, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And um, yeah, it's open to anybody open forum anybody can come talk anybody can can join and listen yeah so go follow him on twitter at kratom guy show okay um all right let's get into this i you know we already all know well we all should know about marshall price and uh, what i want to talk about today is shana brown alabama's most recent martyr for kratom tea and we'll we'll get further into this but set this up for us shana is X number of miles away from the Alabama border on a back road from what, you know, I understand. She thought she was in Florida, but somewhere she crossed the line and, and, and was stopped. Was that, is that correct? Set that scenario up for us for people yes. who don't know. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So apparently she was a back road in Alabama and she thought she was still in Florida. And we looked at this on Google maps. She was about 200 feet from the, the border. And it's a back road, like you would never know it, what side you're on. There, there's no, you know, entering Alabama, entering Florida line. And yeah, apparently she was in Florida, crossed over to Alabama, got pulled over with 250 grams of Kratom. And now she's being charged uh, scheduling. I mean, uh, charged um, trafficking, Schedule 1. That, so that's they're, crazy. They're treating it the same as heroin. And that's what blows my mind about this. And we we had this conversation last week on the Kratom Roundtable on Twitter of how some of these states are calling this synthetic when it's not. I mean, how does they get by with calling it that? I mean, I'm not a scientist, and but I, I believe you understand all this a whole lot more than I do. Can you kind of go take I, me through that? Yeah, I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. You know, neither of us are lawyers. Yeah, it, twice where they added the sections that they added Kratom to the Alabama Controlled Substance um, Law is they mention it as being a synthetic. So th there's there's really a question about, and this was this happened in Tennessee and how they got that ban reversed was because somebody got arrested and he was like, he challenged it in court from my understanding and then he won in court. So the law was reversed. Um, nice. because the law said synthetic as well so yeah. there's a question of that of it being synthetic or not and getting clarification on the law but then in nowhere in the law does it say kratom in its entirety it says mitrogene was added to the controlled substance list like number 320 something like that and then uh hydroxy mitrogene which doesn't exist which i'm, I'm sure they're thinking of seven hydroxy seven ohm yeah so there's a difference, you know, if it's okay. So if it's just mitrogen, then the amount of kratom she was caught with is, of course, under two percent. It's natural plant leaf, under two percent mitrogen. So you know, hopefully with the right lawyer, that could go from trafficking to a possession charge, from 250 grams to five grams. Um, because of the amount of right. seven ohm in the product. Yeah. Yeah. Of of mitrogen. Yeah. 
So I did speak to, we spoke to a lawyer. We're putting together an organization, um, BAN, Botanical Advocacy Network, and it's to do more investigations like these, more open records requests. And um, you know, John, John Griggs, former law enforcement officer, has been really integral in both, in all these investigations. He just knows so much and has resources that we don't. He's a private investigator as well and runs a security company. So it's partnering with you know myself, John, uh, Brian Gallagher from Creative Science, and then Misty Brown, who's a really good advocate. Um, so yeah, we're really looking to do more stories like these, um, more more investigations. Yeah, and it would it would definitely be beneficial, uh, especially in a situation like Shana called herself in, being she thought she was in Florida, when in reality she was in Alabama. So now she faces prison time for having tea leaves, and on top of that, a one million dollar bond has been set against her. Um, I read something, one, one of you guys tweeted, I can't remember who it was. It may have even been Brian, but um, he said a rapist in that area was jailed and had a $50,000 bond put on him. But a woman who takes an all natural or is found in possession of an all natural plant has a million dollar bond. It just blows my mind at the concept of, of their reality of how, they are taking this. It's just this is a crazy world that we live in right now. It absolutely is. Yeah. I mean, just to think about it on its most basic level, that in certain states, you have groups of men, groups of individuals that feel it's their obligation to go and grab people off the street, then have the and steal their property hold it for ransom extort them to even let them out but they're not free they still have to come back even if she did post the million dollar bond that they, they feel this is okay for tea leaves for holding the wrong type and the wrong amount of tea leaves past imaginary invisible lines yeah and it's that, so crazy it is and essentially that 250 grams is what most vendors will will sell from our business. We started 250 grams. That's just one bag. It's just, it's ridiculous. So I wanted to get everybody up to speed on that. But for, for someone new who is just now entering into the Kratom world, when you first begin to learn about Kratom, everything is beautiful. I remember this 20 years ago. You <laughs> would never think that someone could ever be against this plant, you know, obviously the government, but everybody knows that, but, but not anyone else. You wouldn't ever think anyone else. Let's talk about the enemies of Kratom, particularly the KDA and why they want to ban this plant in every state. So first question, what does the KDA mean for anybody who doesn't know who these people are? What does that, those acronyms mean? So Misty has her own acronyms for that, but uh, <laughs> uh, Kratom, Kratom Danger Awareness. Okay. Um, they are a group of people that are mainly grieving parents who have been told that they their loved one has died from a Kratom overdose. And um, I had to block the vast majority of them because they wouldn't leave me alone, stop harassing me on all my social medias like continually sending DMs and tr seemingly trying to spark a poor reaction on my behalf. Yeah. They're, uh, they're bullies. They name call. 
They um, say that because we've taken Kratom for so long, we've lost all empathy and compassion. And, you know, they're enemies of freedom, liberty, wait bo- minute, bodily wait autonomy. What? Because we drink Kratom, we've lost all empathy and compassion. They think Kratom actually changes somebody's characteristics. Well, they, they, they do. They do. I, I mean, I can't speak for all of them. They're starting to actually become a pretty big group. Um, but I've heard numerous of numerous of them say this that you know we would lose um, all compassion and that's why we're so mean, um, and that also kratom builds up in your system to a point that it becomes toxic and then all of your organs fail, and then you die, mm. is 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 what some of them also believe. Yeah, it's about like that crude movie. He was walking along with a pie. Boom, dead. (laughs) (laughs) But okay, so now that we know, Kratom, danger, awareness. That's the KDA. With the recent scare, and I want to, the reason I'm asking you these these simple questions in the beginning, because there's a lot of people who don't know this. Was the KDA group active in the recent Georgia ban attempt? So it's the lawyers. The um, Weatherington, Matt Weatherington runs the lawyers group, and there's actually now a few other lawyers groups. They were instrumental in trying to push the ban in Georgia. The, it's the lawyers of the Pope family mm. um, who are, su- are suing OPMS and like, um, I think like a Chevron store, another convenience store, even Mac Hanno, Dave Harmon, uh, the previous president of the AKA was named in the, in the lawsuit. I mean, they named everybody they possibly could. So yeah, they were there. And basically, they worked together with the AKA. They wanted to ban it. They wanted to put it in Schedule 1. And AKA wanted to, I guess, further put more the enforcement mechanism behind it, behind the KCPA in Georgia. Mm. So, yeah, mm. they, they came to an agreement. And I even asked, I've been in contact with Weatherington. Um, and I've, I've been in contact with him and asked him, you know, are they going to continue doing this in other states to push yeah. it for Schedule 1? He, he made it to be like this big win for consumers and for the, the KDA with this, uh, the, the compromise bill. And like some of those, it's like, you know, you get jail time and I think it's like a hundred grand or 200 grand if you're caught selling this, not exactly under the, you know, the, the exact regulations that they proposed uh, or if you're not a certain you know, maybe your registration with the state ran out and you haven't renewed it and you can get caught selling it. There's like, there's the enforcement arm of, of the new KCPA in Georgia is, it's a bit much, but mm. it's better than a ban, I guess. Yeah. Um, so the KDA is, they want, they want this going. What is. Well, uh, so, so hold on. They're, they're all over the place. Yeah. They're, they're absolutely all over the place. There's some of them that believe that yes, Adults are going to get it anyway, so we might as well have it, you know, KCPA, but the KCPA is not any good. Like they, they, they say, you know, it's like a, a red herring or um, Trojan horse or, you know, like it, it's just they haven't really told me exactly what they mean by that. But you have those people that want simple regulation, and then you have people that want Schedule 2, Schedule 3, just scheduled for now and still researched, mm. and then you have the all-out prohibitionist. I saw a tweet that you did. You said, talking about the KDA, how, how does, you said, how does destroying the lives of Kratom consumers even help these causes, the cause of the KDA? What good is it? 
for them to just go in and try to just completely bombard Kratom consumers once they know that they're in trouble. What What's that reasoning? I mean, can anyone answer that question? Why do they do that other than just being a an emotional, you know, loved one? That's exactly what it is. It's It seems like a knee-jerk reaction, and then you have these lawyers that are backing it up. And, you know, like that lawsuit we went over in Washington State when you were on my, and you were on my podcast, yep. it's like eight different charges. A lot of them are really, you know, my opinion, nitpicking and semantics, but like none of them can respond. You know, it, it's, it's like, it's fictional fairy tale thinking that somehow you're going to prohibit a substance and then it's going to be gone. Yeah. Like if that, if that worked, we wouldn't have all, all time highs, uh, death annual deaths of fentanyl overdoses yeah and and it's already been proven prohibition doesn't work it just causes crime rates to increase as well as deaths and and contaminated products to be flood the market in other words so they can't they can't answer they can't answer and it's a legitimate question okay we're seeing enforcement in those two states alabama and arkansas so these are real life examples that just happened marshall price is dead killed in jail three weeks into his sentence and Shayna is facing anywhere from like three years to life. Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. I did. We contacted a lawyer who's supposed to be a really good criminal defense lawyer specializes in uh, drug cases. And basically he was like, so you don't even know her, right? It's just your organization thinks that you guys align and you're like the helper. I was like, yeah, exactly. So we still haven't gotten anybody. He, he can't go see her. And, you know, to start off, it's going to be like $35,000 to even hire him. Mm. Um, but due to so, uh, attorney solicitation laws, because she's technically already represented on, uh, through public defender in Cambia County, he's like, I can't go because it would be like soliciting a new client and it's illegal. Um, he's like, so if somebody can get in touch with her, then we can go from there. He basically told me that in Arkansas or Alabama, rather, uh, trafficking charges are worse than murder charges. What? Yeah, because he was like, uh, trafficking charge has minimums, mandatory minimums. Murder charges don't. So yeah, she's facing like anywhere from three years to life. And you know they'll push as much as they can out of this. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's so absurd how anybody, especially <clears throat> people that say they're God fearing Christians can think that they have the right to do this to somebody completely deprive them of their rights because of a tea leaf. It's absurd. Especially if, you know, you're, you're drinking Gratum tea for wellness. You're not harming anyone. Why would they care what I put into my body? It, it's very confusing. It's only in, in the instances pretty much that when Kratom was found in the deceased, like you, you mentioned, I can't remember where it was. It's it been a while back, but you mentioned, uh, the, the different deaths that were attributed to Kratom. And, you know, one of them was a shotgun blast to the chest, but he had Kratom in his system. But but let's talk about the realistic ones that make more sense. Even those, Kratom is found in with a cocktail of other drugs, but yet they want to blast it, you know, say, hey, this is what it was. Kratom was the cause of this. And there's just no rhyme or reason as to why these people are even doing something like this. Right. Yeah. And the most big one, most glaring one is Ethan Pope. 
you know, this is the huge case that, you know, they're asking, I forget how much they're, they, they asked for, for money, but, you know, the dollars in um, these, all these different charges, and then go to find out, like, he had uh, an antihistamine and an antidepressant, as well as Kratom. Hmm. And, you know, we're, we're seeing these deaths that I clearly have another drug in their system. And we look at the the drug interaction between just that, the antihistamine and the antidepressant, and that is a major interaction. Major means it can be fatal. You know, I think there's three different, you know, minor, and then the middle, and then major. So it can be deadly on its own. Yeah. And then you're introducing something like Kratom. That, I mean, it really seems like those three, Kratom, antihistamine, antidepressant, are really bad on their own. And, you know, somebody else, one of the other moms, is blaming on Kratom. They say Kratom was the only thing in the system. We haven't seen the police report, police report the autopsy report, medical examiner's report, coroner's report. You know, we're missing all these things. We don't even know how many substances were tested for or what uh, type of postmortem blood tests were done. Because um, that, like in that new um, New England Journal of Medicine, when they actually went in and did more comprehensive testing, they found that the deaths that they uh, were presumed to be kratom only actually all had other substances in their system. Mm. Um, it was four out of five, and then the fifth one there was no residual blood. Hmm. Okay, well that that kind of brings me into a question I was going to ask later, but let's talk about this responsible kratom tea drinking. You know, enemies of Kratom, like we're, we've been talking about the KDA and others want to ban this plant, but only it's only after a terrible event happens that says the death of a loved one, as we have stated already. I think Kratom works just fine all by itself. And personally, the KratomFamily.com doesn't condone any use of any other supplement or drug prescribed or otherwise while our customers drink tea. They have to agree to this. And honestly, if, if we adhere to this procedure, I don't you know, I think that can help more responsible tea usage. Now, you can't force people to do what you want to, but I believe it would help more responsible tea usage. There's always that one person. What's your opinion of responsible tea drinking? Um, I mean, I always say my, my first rule is don't mix. Yeah. Don't mix. And it's a shame for like someone like you or I who has a cup of tea a couple times a day and is staying off of the drugs that they were addicted to previously, living a much happier, healthier life, having no issues at all, not overusing or having to keep increasing the amount or getting in, in trouble or uh, strained relationships with your family. Like everything is so much better. So why should that be taken away from us? But what I think is happening is so many people are, are at, their their last straw, their wits end about the pharmaceuticals that they're on or they've been cut off of. So I, what I think is happening a good amount of time is somebody who, you know, SSRI or Benzo, that can be deadly yeah. getting off of that. So, I mean, just that withdrawal. So I think of a good amount of these cases, you're only seeing Kratom in the system is because they were using it to get off of something else. And now they're on day two, day three. Um, so, you know, and so many people use it for that. So many people use it for such, I, I won't go into any um, liability things, but for a vast majority of, of, of ailments. So one of the big things is the extracts. And you know, we're, we're having people who 
were already addicted to other substances. Want, they found Kratom, immediately went to the extracts, and instead of actually doing the personal work, the, building their new relationships, new behaviors, new patterns that serve you and, the, and those around you, instead of doing that work, they just go to Kratom. They are trying uh, the extracts, really potent extracts, trying to get high off of those extracts, which it's a, still a partial agonist. Like you're never going to reach that peak. It's got a ceiling saying, oh, I was doing all these kratom extracts. It was such a problem. And it's like, you were openly addicted to fentanyl for years. And now, you know, you think you're going to go and just switch. It's not going to happen. And then they're spending all this money. And then there's also the cases of people that are known liars, uh, chronic relapsers and saying, oh, no, 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 I'm not. It's, it's kratom. It's just kratom. I'm just doing kratom. I would never do, you know, the stuff I've relapsed on 10 times previously. And yeah. not telling the, the whole story. And right. I believe that with 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 that addictive behavior, what you're talking about, un, until we change that addictive behavior, we'll, we'll never... Kratom is only a tool. It's not going to cure you of this stuff. You have to actually change. Yeah, it doesn't... I always say it doesn't cure anything. It, it doesn't cure or solve anything. But for someone like me and so many other people, especially when I was coming off of Suboxone, um, which was just... It, uh, it, it helped me at the beginning. I have to, I have to say that it did help me and got helped me to get off much harder drugs, but then really started to take away from my overall health and well-being. It was like this uh, graying effect of um, happiness, emotions, everything was mm -hmm. kind of shadowed. And then the, the teeth decay, the teeth damage from, from the ingredients in it that FDA just quietly released that it does damage teeth. You know, for, for so many people that are, are getting off of other harder substances, it's just, it's, it just helps so much. You know, it yeah. really, it really helped me. Yeah. You, you actually tweeted something that I loved and it got a lot of, a lot of attention, a lot of reactions. Um, here's what you said. You said the people who say Kratom is bad are usually one of two people. Number one, it's people who've never tried Kratom before. Or number two, people who have extensive previous addiction issues. Then, as you stated earlier, then they tried Kratom and then went off the deep end with extracts when they finally found what extracts could do. Um, I believe that it, the, the, the key word here is responsibility. And if, as we stated, if we don't get that addictive behavior under control, then you know, yeah, kratom could be a problem for for some people, especially extracts. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about personal responsibility. Yes, you know, and you know, I don't know how you feel about the, you know, there, there's the the twelve step, um, and then there's the addiction is a disease or it's not a disease. You know, twelve step or AANA. It's none of that stuff is really for me. You know, I, I didn't no. get well until I stopped going to those those meetings because, like, for me, it's like you know, I. I it hit me really this like one of the last times I went to the meeting, I looked around and it's the same people, same, the same miserable demeanors, giving the same uh, war stories, uh, you know, drug stories about how they want to do drugs so bad, you know, do drugs or don't do drugs. And it's all, it was like all about drugs. And there's like our, you know, quote unquote recovery, but there was no like, Hey, I just started this business. I'm working for this great guy. I'm working up the ladder. Like I got this great idea, and I'm working a side job to 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 do that. I'm you know I'm on the weekends. I'm I'm doing this hustle. Or it was like none of that. And it's I just didn't want to be there anymore. 
Yeah. So for, for me, it was learning about, you know, um, business and real estate. And, and that's what really did it for me. It was completely changing the group I was with. And what I learned later is that neuroplasticity, you know, basically you've gotten yourself in a groove. If you're in addiction, you're in a groove. You're doing the same thing every day. You've tricked your brain into thinking that we have to do the same routine every single day. And that's, that's what we need. Um, so actually just like just going out of the groove, creating a whole new one. So if you were thinking about recovery, you know, you're still kind of in that same groove. Um, but if you learn a new skill, learn a new language, you've never been good at art, you learn how to paint or, you know, do something completely different. You know, you're not good working with your hands, you learn carpentry. And I didn't realize how much that was helping me to learn something new, like, um, you know, real estate or entrepreneurship or um, even video editing. And that's what really helped me the most. And like, you know, people, like you said, they, they keep doing the same thing don't actually do the work and then blame it on Kratom when it's, it's very personal, it's personal uh, issues, personal addiction issues, and then personal responsibility. Like yeah. th there was a, there was a recent one where the guy said, uh, yeah, he would, he would keep doing it. And then he would uh, only buy one. So it would make him have to go out of the way if he wanted another, you know, another extract. Um, yeah. And he kept getting them and he's like, yeah, I'd be sick when I take them. And it was all Kratom solved. And it's like, no, you chose not to plan out your taper on playing leaf and keep doing this. Like it's, it's your addiction. It's nobody else's addiction. Those extracts can't do anything to you unless you use, overuse or abuse them. And, and I believe we're quick to judge um, people, you know, in, in, I was an addictive person. And I was always quick to blame somebody, somebody else, something else. I was quick to blame, you know, never take responsibility for my own actions. And with, with Kratom being that tool that I used, I was able to pick myself up by the bootstraps because as you stated, those meetings, they did not, they, they just kept you in this swirl cesspool of doom and gloom where you were, you know, almost just ordered to overcome it in your own mind. And for me personally, I could not do that. I, I had such a strong addictive behavior that I needed a tool to help me kind of climb off that ledge just a little bit before I fell off the wagon completely. You know, did, did I, did I misuse that? Yes, I did. The first three years of my Kratom experience, I brought my addictive behavior into the Kratom arena. I'm doing I did exactly what you said. Thankfully, I didn't do that with extracts, but it was with plain leaf. And I began to climb my my powder usage began to get higher and higher every day. And I wasn't getting the main benefits of it until I finally started seeing more people talk about tolerance, have a strategy. And when I did that, I began to bring myself back down very slowly. And it's, you know, I took responsibility. And I believe that's the main recourse here is we want people to understand that responsible Kratom tea drinkers are just that. We're responsible. We're, we're not taking it with anything else. We're, we're, we have a plan, and people like the KDA don't want to see this, uh, to see this responsibility. They are grieving over a loved one, a terrible tragedy in any sense of the word. I understand, but you cannot blame the plant 
blame the addictive behavior. Yeah, there there was um, you touched on a couple of things there, but it, it, there is one case that I started talking about earlier. One of the moms, you know, the son, tragic tragic story that we all know all too well is the son addicted to opiates, benzos, alcohol, in and out of rehabs, supplementing kratom when he didn't have anything, and then all of a sudden he dies, and the only thing in his system was kratom. And it's like, well what was he doing years leading up to it and how does that affect his health how can it only be kratom mm -hmm. if he, he has years and years and years of shooting up you know illicit fentanyl that you have no idea where, where what it what's in it where it's made you know i started mentioning earlier that with the kratom it won't solve anything it won't cure anything but for me and so many other people it allowed me to get my head above water and to be able to look around and take a breath and to reassess my situation and just kind of go on like suboxone was yes it helped me a lot at the beginning but it was taking so much of my time you know with phone calls and having to do online um you know work or research between the insurance company the um the the uh, prescription discount company doctor's office i had to take two trains and a bus to get to the doctor's office and that was only every uh once a month on wednesday and it was um cash only and so i and it was only certain times on wednesday so i had to always take off work and not tell my tell my bosses like what exactly i was doing or you know what the medication was that i was on and just taking up so much time so much of my time yeah. and effort in my life I've just dedicated to Suboxone. And for Kratom, like I got that all back. I say it's Kratom is freedom for, for me and so many other people that I've gotten my life back, my time. I probably spend like 80 to $100 a month and I take a cup of tea a couple times a day. Um, and what you're saying about responsible use is I keep track. And yeah, so many other people did the same thing you did, I did. Um, Misty talked about it. You know, she brought that addictive behavior to Kratom, trying to keep overdoing it. And for me, I did the same thing. And I think if your brain is so on that, that groove, that neuroplasticity of that addictive behavior, maybe, maybe you need to overdo it at the beginning. Maybe that's not the biggest problem because you'll learn there's a partial agonist. You're not going to get to where you want to go. You know, it, it doesn't have that effect it's always going to have that ceiling it's always going to be a partial agonist uh, a biased partial agonist which basically means that it just operates on very specific g-coupled proteins it doesn't have the ability to light up the receptor all the way almost like a little dimmer switch um, is how you know dr andrew krugel and um, jack henningfield have, have both described it yeah. um, but I, I i keep track you know, I write down, I like a three to one mix, more green than red. So I always mix in a little red and I write it down exactly the amount I'm taking. And right now I'm trying to bring it back a little bit. So each day or each week, I'll take a couple points left, a couple points less and keep bringing it down. Yeah. And I know I take it four to five times a day, depending on my pain levels. I have um, chronic hip joint and back pain. So, you know, I, I'm, it's, yeah, it's, it's responsible use. Like 
I don't get how anybody could want to take that away. And like one of my biggest things is I have a two-year-old son. You know, Kratom gives me the ability to work and not have to worry so much about um, constantly being in so much pain. It just, it reduces my pain levels a little bit, gives me a little energy. But like my whole thing with KDA is like, what did my son do to you? That you would want someone to come into my house at 3.30 in the morning, kick in my door, traumatize him for life, arrest me, arrest my wife, and send him into foster care over because I have tea leaves in my house. Literal tea powder. This isn't like some, some new drug or some concoction or street drug. It's dried ground up tea leaves. I mean, so, it's it's ridiculous at, at the way these these interactions are 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 just blown out of proportion. I think that if someone wants to take that addictive behavior in, like you said, maybe maybe we had to do that to really learn responsibility with this plant because you do figure out, well, I'm not going any further than this right here, so I might as well just enjoy it, uh, you know, at a lower rate. And I believe that with Following you on Twitter, Kratom Science, Brian, and and several different advocates can help people to better understand how do you drink Kratom tea responsibly as well. So, hey, uh, everybody, go follow Mike at Kratom Guy Show on Twitter. Do you have anything else you want to promote? Uh, just the, the roundtable every Friday on Twitter. If you're not familiar with it, it's Twitter Spaces. It's essentially an audio chat room. Um, very public. It's recorded live on there. So um, yeah, you can always check out the podcast, um, Kratom Guy Show. Uh, you can find it on all the major podcast platforms and then the Kratom Roundtable. And then just be on the lookout for Botanical Advocacy Network and uh, the great work we're going to be doing through there. Awesome, man. Hey, thanks so much for coming on the show today. All right. Thanks a lot, Wade.